0: Do you feel Not, ready? Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> Your hair's up in party buns right now. It so. is.
1: It's because I'm wearing, like, one of those, like, hair masks.
0: What is that Because...
1: Okay. So, there's... You know how there's leave-in conditioner? Yes. There's, like, a hair mask. And it's supposed to be, like, shorter term. It's super thick. Like, if I had my hair down, it would look, like, stringy. Like...
0: Not like curly,
1: no, yeah. Like, like you would literally just see like strings of like, like in um. Don't look under the bed, you know the fucking... Like, like um. The boogeyman looks like no her, her stringy he ass hair. <laughs>
0: Wait, the boogeyman is a woman? Yeah, dude. Oh, that's progressive.
1: Yeah, it was like, cause I remember they're like, it's a boogie woman. I'm like, fuck off! It's a
0: fucking boogeyman. Wait, don't look under the bed. When did that come out? I. <sighs>
1: Maybe I'm lying.
0: No, you might be right. I don't know. You might be right. Someone's going to be like, fact check this bitch. We don't fact check this podcast. There's fact. absolutely no point. There's no facts. No. And we're already off to a rough start, which is totally perfect because I think that that yeah. is the natural disaster of this podcast. Okay. So, welcome, everyone, uh, to another episode of Let's Unpack That. I'm here with Erica. Hi. Erica is one of my longtime girlfriends. Oh, my God. A sister. <laughs> Um, so, um, Erica and I met, I guess we sort of met while you were in college. I don't know that we met while I was. I
1: think yes and no. Well, I, at the very end of you being at LaSalle, we were in rooms together.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But at that point I was probably a little bit too scared, you know, like black girl in the room. Yeah. Like, uh, look at her. She's so like, (laughs) who cultured. (laughs) Look at her. I'm like, Oh, like basically like. As I was saying on the way here, you are, like, my off-brand Lizzo. You're my Walmart Lizzo. You're also just, like, a person who that every single time I meet someone else with you, they always talk about how hilarious you are. And I, like, I regret a little bit of, like, that college experience of, like, I didn't jump and get to know you a little bit more.
1: But I think, I mean, it was hard, right? Because I was a freshman, and you were, like, fucking old. (laughs) (laughs) And you were a tour guide, and I remember... No teeth, but um, no, I fine. applied to be a tour guide and I didn't get it. And oh, fuck. I like had this thing against Aces, where I was like, they all conspired against me.
0: That was true. We conspired against you. You probably did. I'm gonna vindicate you right now. <laughs> this story. Wait, so you would have applied though when I was a senior? So like, right. what really weight did I have? Maybe I a think,
1: lot. Well, that was the thing. Well, you oh. know, you know how
0: it is. Like. Okay for anyone who doesn't know college tour guides it's the most political job to get in the entire world oh my and God. the amount of amazing ambassadors for our school that have been rejected is unreal uh, exhibit A i mean i got
1: it the next year and they were like oh she's so great and i'm like you didn't read my application the first time did you bitch take
0: a chance cuz you were the poster child to be like yeah. i came all the way across the country i'm now living in philadelphia and i'm doing okay
1: right And I think the other thing was like, I didn't, I had no reason to go to LaSalle, right? Like I didn't go to a Christian brother's school, went to a public school, like didn't have anything that would have made me like, stand out like, ooh yeah, like LaSalle for life, wasn't an athlete, just like a regular bitch (laughs) who was like,
0: oh, let's go to private Catholic school. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I feel like most people who would come that far do not come from public school.
1: Right, and it's it's interesting, because I talked to my friends who went to public school, like, here, and they're like, oh, I went to public school. Oh, it's dirty. Yeah, and I'm like, my public school was, like, I think it was ranked, like, 70 in California, like,
0: <laughs> go Wolverines, but... Seb- number 70? Like, number 70. That doesn't sound great.
1: It doesn't sound great, <laughs> but then you remember that California has the average GDP of Italy.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. Right,
1: like... Huge
0: state like, seventy in Pennsylvania like probably isn't great if it's like, right. like public schools. I don't know. I didn't go. To no, public no, this school was schools. Here comes the privilege spewing out of my mouth didn't straight into the microphone. I didn't go there, and like I feel like if you're ranked seventy, that's like really Bob.
1: But this wasn't seventy public schools. Like those Catholic schools were in there trying to. Oh, make lit. Yeah. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. Okay. The, mm.
0: Lit. Who, who the fuck <laughs> am I? <laughs> Not so lit. Oh, lit. Okay. So okay so I want to give everyone the opportunity to like get to know you a little bit better um, so why don't you answer a few questions from me um, first, what is your name and how old are you and where are you from?
1: My name is Erica Ellis I'm 23
0: <laughs> I can't even do it
1: <laughs> I'm Erica I am 23. Um, I'm from San Diego, California. Come on, Point
0: Loma. Mm, super chill, yeah. La Jolla, I'm really R- Were you actually from La Jolla?
1: No, Torrey Highlands. Oh, which is like Torrey Pines, but for the poor. I'm just kidding. It's like <laughs> <laughs> the middle class.
0: <laughs> it's like I was like, uh, my brother lived in Cardiff by the Sea, so I, I feel like I feel like that's right near there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know your brother. No, I did know this.
0: He had a house there, but then they moved to Tahoe, and now they live in Bend, Oregon, and, like, I don't even know. He lived in Hawaii. Uh, it's pronounced Hawaii. No, that's German. Fuck off. I don't know. I'm pretty
1: sure there's a V. <laughs> no, it's a W. No, but, like, you pronounce <laughs> it with a V.
0: <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that when we were in Hawaii, they hated all the white people. So I felt very much, you know, like the object of, I, like, that's not the object of racism, because that's, like, not the way to say it. Yeah, it was,
1: like, ire. Like, they were just, like, you're annoying. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> why did you come here and settle on our land? But it's I like think... It's, like, the indigenous people's Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, also, though, like, it kind of makes things... Because, like, the way that I think about it is when you go somewhere where, like, it could be affordable, but then people with money are, like, oh, this is, like, a great vacation spot. Instantly
0: capitalism yeah it's ridiculous dominican republic is the same exact way oh yeah it's like okay we're gonna like just like plop a few resorts down here charge people eight hundred dollars for four days you're gonna get alcohol you're gonna get all your food mm-hmm. you're going like, get whatever you want and it just like becomes a more expensive place to be when right. in reality it has like nothing to do with that no it helps the local economy but right. like who's to say that like hawaii wouldn't have a thriving economy if it weren't for the settlement of white people first of all hawaii is like this lush oasis
1: oh. like they could be so self-sustainable right exactly everyone's yeah. like mm-hmm, i want a Bud light
0: so <laughs> i want a mai tai <laughs> like it's mm, can i get a mai oh, But extra mai but <laughs> <laughs> that was good um, I just find that interesting. So, okay, so you're growing up in like a middle class neighborhood in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So, but you're surrounded by wealthy people. Yeah, I would like imagine, you know? I would
1: say it's middle class to upper middle class. Um, right. It's interesting because there are people that I grew up with who I think almost like their families evolved into wealth. If that makes sense. Oh, okay. Like they were middle class, and then I remember like, you know. I think it was like what 10th grade or whatever is that sophomore Sophomore, year um they moved to like rancho santa fe which is Mm -hmm. like money Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like athletes celebrities um and i think it's interesting about san diego which is one of the reasons why i left is like you can generate your revenue like you can generate your wealth off of like the right connections so like i know a lot of people who are like super wealthy super successful and like all props to them for like leveraging their connections but if they didn't have those connections it wouldn't even make sense for them to be in the line of work that they're in so it's like
0: right right like they might have not even had thought that that was like part of their career like like, i think that people like on the east coast would say the same thing it's like it's all about the connections mm-hmm. but it sounds like what you're saying to me is like it's a little bit more different than just like, right your dad worked here it's so like so you're gonna get a job we're like oh your neighbor it sounds like there's like a, a more intimate connection it can
1: be like, yeah. yeah and it's like i'm an art history <clears throat> major but like i work at sap <laughs> and i'm like
0: is that pizza it is oh ah! god everyone we're taking a quick pizza break <laughs> First, let's cheers because this is your first podcast with me. Ooh. Um, and ooh. I was kind of ready to chug. I bad.
1: could, yeah. Do you want to
0: do you want to live chug on the podcast? Yeah. All right, ready? Oh, fuck!
1: I'm you're at a, such a
0: big disadvantage. Uh, like. That's okay. I have beer. I have a um, Kona Castaway IPA. It's from
1: Hawaii. I have um, this is my ASMR. Ability. I have a, a seltzer cranberry.
0: Cranberry spiked Bonaville. Yeah. Mm. Okay, ready? Cheers, cheers, and chug. Oh fuck. Uh. Fuck. Oh uh. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's, that's our it. start.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was a lot. Um, uh. let's go refill our drinks.
1: Yeah, more alcohol. Drink Drink me up, Pet.
0: Okay, and we're back from our pizza break.
1: We bodied it.
0: (laughs) We that was a 10-minute break, and there were almost 10 slices of pizza. I think so. I think I ate four. I had three. That's okay. gonna
1: make me sound skinny. I had one. <laughs>
0: yeah, I had one. We had a meatball pizza with like that two was good. Of, oh, it was so good. And then I just <sighs> wanted to have like the basil, but mm-hmm. with the lemon pepper, I actually really appreciated. Oh, I a didn't lot try more. the lemon pepper. Mm. It was really good. So we consumed seven slices of pizza in approximately ten minutes, and it was fantastic. I feel great. The charcuterie board is gone. The fruit still stands. <laughs> And it'll be I, I like to treat fruit yeah as a dessert.
1: I was gonna say I'm gonna pick at this.
0: I'm gonna pick at it too, and like maybe pick at the rest I of the know. pizza. That's I was cool. like
1: that pizza's not done. It's not done, and we'll finish her. There's,
0: there's twelve slices and we had seven. So if you think about it, we ate less than fifty percent. Yeah, we're yeah. That, Did Goal you babe. say
1: twelve slices and we had seven? Yeah. Do you want to know what? Oh. <laughs>
0: I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Oh my god. It was a beer. Just blame the chugging. No, that's just stupid, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Speaking of stupid, you grew up in a black neighborhood? <coughs> <laughs> oh, so we were saying. Wow, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> I, I wish you wouldn't. I know. I wish I wouldn't either. But the viewer, the, <laughs> the, the listeners. The viewers, the listeners, TM. Um, maybe I won't cut. Well, so, okay. So San Diego, growing up there, mm-hmm. your friends were like moving on up. They were getting jobs, working in crazy situations. Mm-hmm. But you moved out of there. Right. So what were some of the decisions that led you to moving out? So or some I, of the feelings you had?
1: I mean, I think I was honestly, I was like, everyone's fucking hot here. Beautiful. I got to go somewhere where I have a chance. So Mm. I moved
0: to Philly. (laughs) So you're a, what they call it, a San Diego five, but a Philly nine?
1: I'm a San Diego
0: bum. (laughs) Well, that's, like, I heard that recently is, like, I'm, like, hot for Philly. But, like, looking at D.C. and New York, I'm, like, kind of a three. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) No, but, like, I also love that about me. Because, like, I'm a Seattle, like, nine. Like, anytime I go to Seattle, the boys are, like, like, they're all over. And, like, I don't really know what that means.
1: I don't... I will say, the one thing I love about not living in San Diego... Is that when I go home, I'm like a fucking celebrity. They're like, Honey. oh my God, you're Erica from Philly. What? And I'm like, yeah, bitch. Like...
0: So you still have close friends and family. Yeah. There. Oh my yeah. gosh.
1: So I just went to my friend Sarah's wedding. Beautiful. Cried like a bitch. And she had her fiance had friends from kind of all over because he's from Connecticut. And they were like, oh, like you're the friend from Philly. And you become this like enigma where it's like everyone knows you by like the stories or social media, which is obviously super controlled. And I can make myself look like a bitch of the that
0: species. Yeah. Well, you also have two Instagrams. I have three. What? (laughs) Oh, you have Erica Travels, Erica Food. Uh, It's
1: Curls Meets World. (laughs)
0: Curls meets world. Curls meets food.
1: Foodie on point.
0: And Erica underscore Megan. Okay, that's fine. Plug, <laughs> plug. Yeah, we'll plug you at the end. Um, at least your your branded accounts.
1: Give them the socials, all of them.
0: Yes, we'll do. Sponsor me. So you come back and like they know you like yeah they... like
1: they know of me. I was always like it's weird because I was like the good friend who like didn't really do anything like if someone said oh I'm going out with Erica their parents would be like oh so you'll be fine got it and then (laughs) surprise bitches
0: well what was it like though because I know you're like a ratchet ass bitch now Mm -hmm. but what was it like growing up in San Diego because like Uh, When I was in San Diego, I was, like, went out for a sandwich by myself, like, Mm -hmm. while I was, like, in the middle of the workday. And, like, I was just, like, grabbed a fried chicken sandwich and, like, ate it on the beach like any other East Coast person (laughs) would do. And I'm walking down to the beach and these fucking, like... 12 to 17 year olds with like six pack abs, totally tan in wetsuits are like walking to go surfboarding after school. And I'm sitting there eating a fried chicken sandwich, like pale as all get out. And I was like, what could it possibly be like to grow up here when you're like so close to the ocean and you're like in this California mindset?
1: It's interesting because I grew up in like this surf town everyone's beautiful everyone's fit everyone has like has some degree su- of success in their life but like i'm still black <laughs>
0: like, right yeah like i grew yeah. up
1: in a black home so like i didn't drink until i left my parents home i am 23 completely legal to drink and i will not i'll have a couple drinks like a glass of wine a beer with some friends but like i don't party in san diego because like, i don't think
0: i understand that
1: Right, it's it's because for one thing, I don't live close to downtown. So, if I want to go out like that, Uber is like thirty, forty dollars. sis.
0: Oh, got it? Got yeah, it. okay.
1: And then on top of that, like I, it's almost like I'm not. My parents aren't like my mom has not had a drop of alcohol since honestly ever maybe yeah and then my dad's not really a drinker either like if he's a glass of wine with us me and my sisters are like tea
0: oh wait so but what is that about because you mentioned it as like it relates to a black family like yeah so i know that like black is it black baptists don't drink yeah, in particular so okay
1: my mom grew up ame so african methodist episcopal and Work. my Dad grew up Baptist, and my mom, my parents are now Baptist. My dad's a deacon. My mom leads like Sunday, the Sunday school program. Mm, like, it's mm-hmm. like during church. So it's like, we don't want your kids
0: oh, playing their Put deals. the criers over in the yeah. corner. Yeah. So yeah. I wish my church had that. Oh my God. Fucking crying ass children. I'm like, motherfucking. <laughs>
1: Can we hit kids at church if we pray right? Yeah.
0: But they would like take them off to like do the scripture reading. Yeah.
1: So that's what it was. And my mom was like in charge of that. And like I very much grew up in the church. And I don't think that like drinking is a sin. And like there's like, first of all, I ride for Baptist jokes. My favorite. I don't know any. Oh my God. Why should you always go drinking with two Baptists? I don't know. Because if you bring one, they'll drink all the alcohol. What? Because, like, Baptists won't drink, and, like, they're super Baptists when they're with other Baptists. But then when they're alone, they're oh, like, oh,
0: oh, uh, oh, why do you, oh, fuck, okay, I'll laugh. Yeah, I'm like, fuck. I, I did not get the joke. But it, it's one of okay. those
1: jokes that, like, you know if you know Baptists.
0: Right, but. yeah, and that's why I feel like I have, like, no experience with, like, people in the Baptist faith. And, like, I feel I grew up mostly around Catholics. Right. And then Protestant was like, ooh, they're so different. <laughs> and then people who are, like, non-denominational Christian right. or Jewish or... Like, just nothing at all. Right. Like, agnostic or atheist. I feel like that was more my experience mm-hmm. because of growing up in the Northeast, like, most people, it seems, are either affiliated with some form of religion, organized religion, or not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure when you got to Salle, you were like, all these people are talking about, like, where they're from and what school they went to and, like, what Saint, that means. Saint, whatever. Saint who? Yeah. I was St. Philip Neri. but that's behind that line. I wanted to go to St. Paul's, but my mom was not an egomaniac like me. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, I guess it must have been interesting growing up in like a place that's kind of a party place. Although San Diego is yeah. a healthy place, it's
1: no like Vegas,
0: right? Right. But there's like certainly a party atmosphere of San Diego, a relaxed atmosphere. So like. Right when did you first start to drink
1: like it was three it was two days after i'd moved in um my dad loves me and he supports everything i do so he's gonna listen to this i'm so sorry dad i love you dearly oh god but we're gonna spill this tea
0: oh god are you sure yeah okay everyone saddle up it's tea
1: time (laughs) me and my freshman year roommate Got a bottle of Pinnacle Strawberry Kiwi. Ugh. Mix it with some apple juice.
0: Oh my god! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I cannot <could> poop <laughs> for like three days.
0: Wait, oh, wait. <laughs> wait! I feel like apple juice should have the opposite effect. No, it clogs me up. <laughs> what? What? Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that you drank, like mm-hmm. when you got to college?
1: Not beer, just. Pinnacle, apple juice.
0: How did you get your hands on Pinnacle so early into your freshman year?
1: Because her sisters what went to Lissette.
0: And like, did you just get corrupted from that point? Or like no, what?
1: I was kind of like, I'm a very social being. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I had this mindset that like, okay, all the cool kids in high school drank. Right. And went to parties together. So you can't party without alcohol. Or, like, a substance. I did not partake in any substances.
0: Right, yeah. No, but, I've always been scared of substances, other yeah. than, like, marijuana.
1: Yeah. Where When it was when it became legal, though. Solely. Work. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was like, this is, like, how you go out, and this is how you party with, like, alcohol. But, like, I very vividly remember, like, sipping on it in a water bottle. I think we found in my like dorm trash can like not the the shared one not the shared one (laughs) the one in my room
0: (laughs) it's like jesus christ she's classy a hundred percent
1: but i remember sipping on it like i don't enjoy this right i don't want to be drunk and we went to baseball house which was mistake number one of course and here's like In hindsight, I, there's an angel watching over me because it was me, my freshman year roommate, this girl who was like dating a guy on baseball team. Mm. And then like.
0: She was your in. Yeah.
1: 15 dudes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like. Your first weekend
0: of college. Yeah. You were destined to like get roofied.
1: And I was completely fine.
0: Oh. So, hallelu. that's so hallelujah. I guess I just, it's like, I don't know. Like, black culture is so different than white culture. Like, mm-hmm. my, my black, uh white Irish culture, I right. guess I should say. Like, my parents allowed me to drink at, like, 17 at family parties. Because <sighs> that was, like, you're old enough now to, like, have a beer and, like, whatever. Um And so, like, we'll let you have one or two, but we're going to monitor you the whole time. So it's not that it was encouraged, but, Mm -hmm. like, they knew that you were going to do it. Right. Which I think is, like, even a step below where the UK is, where the drinking age is 16. Right. So at 14 and 15, it's like, oh, you're at family dinner, so why would you not have...
1: Just, like, a glass of wine or, like, beer.
0: yeah. And, like, so it's just even different. But I have, like... I've, I think I've more read versus then like talked to some of my friends who are black mm-hmm. who have said like, no, like I wasn't really allowed to drink. I wasn't really allowed to act out. Like, cause I think it's like that strictness of like the tight knit black family is mm-hmm. like, you don't disrespect your parents. Like you do right. not at all, or you'll get like your ass beat, you know? well like, The
1: other thing was like, in my, I remember it was like Mariah hunts, seventh grade, party. It was a kickback.
0: Her name was Mariah Hunt.
1: Yeah. Stop.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, she she's oh like fucking white.
1: She's like a super
0: successful rodeo queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Oh, God. So you're like bougie and black. Like, that's I'm like...
1: She black and bougie. Oh, she is? No, she's not black. I was uh, like, no way. She is me. Oh, she's her. Oh, yes. But, um... Oh. But I remember, like, you know, everyone was, like, hanging out. And, like, we were best friends at this point. And someone brought out a beer. And I was like, I can't. And Mm. my parents, because my parents instilled very early on, if you're in a room full of white people and everyone has a beer and you are, like, dead sober, you're still going to be the one black person in the room. So, like, when you act out, it's amplified because you're the, least common denominator. right? So it was like, you can't afford to be like, we're not going to raise you like, you know, you raise these white kids because you don't have the luxury of getting like a slap on the wrist. So right. like, and even now, like when people are like, oh, let's, I don't know, let's like go drink in the like on the subway, which is... <laughs> such a Philly thing to do when you're like going out like let's go oh oh on. like
0: oh like make a drink and then take it onto the yeah. bus street line yeah
1: like let's take a roadie I'm like oh like I don't drink in public because like god forbid like a cop comes up and I just get caught with the wrong cop and like they're gonna be like oh like all these white or even white passing people like
0: they're like just it's, doing what they do. Silly kids with a red cuffs. Yeah, but
1: they're like, this one's like a degenerate. <laughs> even though I'm like an accountant.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. Like, like so I guess like tell me a little bit more about that. Cause it sounds like your parents sort of instilled that in you from right. early on. Did they give you reasons as to why, other than like, you're still gonna be the lowest common denominator? Yeah. Or like what what was sort of, like, the thing? Because I think most of our listeners on this podcast are white and straight, mm-hmm. male or female. Right. Um, and then with some people who are queer, but I would imagine that, like, listeners of color for this podcast is kind of low. Right. So, like, or listeners of color for this podcast who are not white passing is right. kind of low. Sierra, I'm looking at you, bitch. Mm-hmm. T. <laughs> so, um, what... Like what is that like to have your parents instill those values in you? Like, I
1: mean, it's, those
0: values of protection like
1: right. it's it's for the sake of preservation. and I think what people don't realize is like I always say like you don't at the age of three, you're not like, "I'm gay or at the age of three, you're not like, "Oh, I'm Irish Unlike, unless it's like, you know, you're one of those like river dancing bitches.
0: I was... <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I fully did Irish dance when I was a kid. Who's so surprised? Not me, but my tap shoes, Michael Flatley, were on. Uh, and I've lost all of that skill. So, yeah. But, so, you're... Like, you realize... You don't identify as, like, I'm Irish when I'm three.
1: Right. Like, you... But I had to be aware that I was black because... And I think there's, there's this really good author... Um, His name is Tenehesi Coates. He's like has some things that he says that are slightly problematic, but overall hits on some really important topics. But when you're a kid, when you're a black kid, you realize you're black before most kids understand the concept of race. Hmm. And that's because, you know, little Timmy's dad's out here saying the N word at home and then little Timmy brings it to school. So it's kind of like those instances that happen early kind of just make you aware and my parents are the type of people who are like we would rather hit you with the truth early and people that you love and care about you and are looking out for you are saying hey this is the reality of things then you know you live your whole life blissfully unaware and then someone who's saying it from a place of hate has to say like, you're black and you're different and you will never have the same life as any of your white friends or white passing friends.
0: Are there friends that you have that are black that are, or people of color that are blissfully unaware? Or maybe not now, but like, did you experience that growing up?
1: I mean, that would have
0: entailed that there are people of color at my schools. And that's the thing, I grew up
1: in such a white community that um, there was this one kid, Amir, and it wasn't that he was unaware, but he almost used the fact, like, he was like, let me get the attention off myself. And, like, I remember, like, my nickname throughout middle school, elementary school, middle school and high school is Big Africa because I was uh,
0: uh, a fat kid I'm <laughs> and I was black. Uh, my
1: heart, like, I'm laughing, but, like... Like, right. That's, like, super af- And I'm, like, uh You are big Africa? Yeah. Like, they would literally chant, like, big, big Africa. And it's, like, as an adult. Oh, my God. And someone who has, like, the level of thick skin that I do, it's, like, you guys are assholes. Like, I, and some of them really were, like, to this day, if I saw them, I would hold no hate. It's just kids being dicks but yes this yes. kid Amir was kind of the catalyst for all of that and I'm gonna put this shit on the fucking record <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Aaron
1: Jessica Kelvin I have never had a thing for Amir Robertson he <laughs> Is nothing to me.
0: <laughs> I want the world to know. So is this a rumor that you were attracted to this kid who was instigating the racism in your school? So Jessica, only Aaron,
1: other... and Kelvin are my family.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll put that shit on
1: blast. And, yeah. and it was just because they're like, oh, like kids make fun of each other. And he might have had a thing for me. Like years, years later, I was probably like my sophomore year of college. He like... DM'd me. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my god, you ruined your chance. Yeah. In second grade, Miss Spiking's
0: class. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Well, keep telling that story. I'm gonna go get us two more drinks. So I'm curious, like, Amir was like somebody who was the other person of color, but like He was the He was like the
1: only full black kid.
0: Oh, he was black. Okay. Yeah, so okay. he was also yeah. black.
1: And I think It was like if they have someone else to pick on who's easier to pick on because I was a large child in the sense that I was tall and I was also thick with a couple more C's than I wanted. Um, It was easy to make me kind of the secondary target for all of that or I guess the easier target for all of that and it was just If not her, then it's me. So again, as an adult, I get it. Like I get why he kind of used that as a defense mechanism.
0: I mean, I hundred percent understand that. I used to bully the gay kids at my school.
1: Yeah, and it's
0: Uh, which is like awful.
1: I know, but and I think that but that's what it is to be a kid. Like Yeah. It's either kill or be killed.
0: I was just gonna say it's dog eat dog world, so I might as well be the one to like pick on him before he picks on me and right. like i don't like think back to it and like regret like regret that i was mean to this person cuz mm-hmm. i do look at it, back at it as like childhood bullying yeah but like certainly now i like just think i'm like god like the total it's a, supposed to be the total opposite like the gay people are supposed to stick together like right. the black people have to stick together it doesn't mean that you can't be friends with and intermingle with all the white people right. but you should be the first to defend people like you who are marginalized mm-hmm. and like for me to be the proponent of the marginalization rather than an advocate and an ally for the kid who was more effeminate than me right. which is like hilarious to think <laughs> of nowadays um, but like for me to attack the kid who was more gay than me as just like oh he's a fag he's this he's that right. just words I learned from TV my older siblings from family members like like it's just not that way like where did he come up with like big Africa you know right. like where did I come up with like the guy with the lith like that is just like so I know <laughs> I can't it, laugh at that it's, like, I know but kid. like it's awful but it's just like it's it's like I don't know. I like you shouldn't hold on to guilt from things like that. Right. And like we did an episode on childhood guilt and it is like still one of our most popular episodes. I
1: love that episode. The yeah. fucking munchkin.
0: I know. <laughs> and so like you just constantly like reference back to these things because you're like still processing like how not a nice person you were. So who knows, you know, maybe you and Amir will hit it off one day.
1: Amir is a short king, (laughs) which I honor and respect, but you cannot be a short king and a former asshole.
0: No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Too many strikes. Yeah. So you obviously experienced racism growing up. Mm -hmm. Did that get easier when you went to college because like now you can drink now people can see more of your personality you'll probably feel less pressured but i would still imagine that there's inherent racism in people's behavior racism or just like light prejudice that people don't even know like how many times have you tried to have you not tried how many times have you had to correct your close friends you know
1: and it's it's funny because i if i say something like hey that wasn't cool I am at a level of irritation or anger that is like unpalpable Um, because I'm so used to just sitting back and like whatever like my favorite is I mean I love being your friend but if I brought home a black guy my parents would hate me I'm like I'm like we're we're The common denominator in this is that we're both black.
0: So like, what if you brought home a black friend?
1: Right. And they're like, oh, but my parents love you. And like, I will say-
0: They love you. You're a good black.
1: Right. That's what I am. I'm a good black. We're (laughs) like, I'm super palpable to like white people Mm -hmm. because I'm an accountant and I'm as in their opinion, like eloquent and well-spoken. And I was involved and I graduated with honors. I'm just going to brag a little bit.
0: Yeah, but it's like people are like, oh, she's like black, but she like speaks white. Right. Like I know that's not how they say it most of the time. No, sometimes it is. Sometimes, yeah.
1: And it's it's tough because I'm like, I grew up in the suburbs, Mm -hmm. but also the way that you speak does not denote anything about your intelligence. Mm -hmm. Like some of the smartest people I know have maybe just a natural lisp or
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, they use a lot of slang in their Mm day-to-day. But if you put them in a group of white people, we can fucking adapt.
0: Right. Well, that's like I, I, one of the guys who reports to me is black and like, we had a really good conversation one day where I was saying like, I want you to be mindful of your communication. And I want to say this to you frankly, but I don't want to come off and I don't want you to interpret this as this is me being, prejudice against you. I, right. What, what I wanted him to understand, if he didn't already, and maybe this was the white person pontificating, and we can unpack that, um, what, I, what I said to him was just like, you need to be conscious of the way that you speak and the way that you write because you are already at a disadvantage of being the black guy right. in the office. And I didn't want to say that to him as like, everyone, you know, you're the black guy. Like, it, it right. what is not meant to ostracize, but more meant to be like, hey, I'm coming at this from, like, a sense of compassion, and, like, people are going to look at you as the black guy in the office. People are going to talk to you about basketball. Right. People are going to ask you questions and assume things about you. So, when you use some of the... I would say, I don't know, what, what is the right word? Like, like, like people have said like black accent, black lingo, black vernacular. There's a word for it. Yeah. It's like, I've, I've heard African-American vernacular, but like, I don't think that that's necessarily. There's like a
1: legitimate, you can like, there's like an, Oh my God, it's going to bother me. But there's like literally a study and like black dialect.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: And it's like, No,
0: I'm probably gonna say something like vaguely racist trying to figure this out. (laughs) But that's that's okay. So it's like, but like that black dialect. I was like, I just want you to be mindful of that because (gasps) I ebonics. Wait, I thought ebonics was like what people spoke in Africa.
1: No, ebonics is black slang really? Yeah, isn't that like
0: cuz I was people would be like that bitch speaks ebonic like in, in high school that right. was like when I went to high school with a lot of people of color like specifically a lot of black guys cuz it was an all-guy school mm-hmm. and they would always be like oh it's like fucking ebonics or whatever but I, they would like imitate it as if they were speaking like Cliques. clicks clicks <laughs> <laughs> Yeah they were speaking like clicks no. like like in Africa I'm like fr- like
1: ebonics is like actual like slang I'm gonna fact check myself no that's
0: fine I I, but that's what I said so like talking to him about it is like I don't want you to think that I am judging you for your level of intelligence but I want you to make sure that you you are aware of like how courteous you might need to be in emails and and unfortunately how much sometimes you as a black person probably have to over correct so you fact checked yourself
1: (laughs) There's literally an Ebonics translator?
0: No way. <laughs> it's, but it's it's
1: English trip and like right, there's yeah, nothing. Yeah. It's not
0: Nothing click clack, yeah. No,
1: it's like like we're not talking African tribal languages. <laughs> this
0: is literally just That's like, why everyone always like said. They were like that's fucking ebonics like and I'm like dude, the <laughs> lack of uh, like and that was black people and white people, but like, right. specifically white people, you know, just like not understanding like that about the the dialect that black people speak and i just like i didn't want it to come off like i was lecturing him and telling him like this is how you need to talk because this is how you talk and how you talk is not ignorant like you can say i like we was doing this you can say like things that are not right technically grammatically correct but just like i have an accent and i have a gay vernacular you can have like an ebonics vernacular right and i feel that just you need to know when to turn it on and when to turn it off and i was like i don't know how to say this to you other than sometimes you've turned it on in situations where people could misinterpret what you're trying to say right and may look at you as somebody who is not intelligent and not college educated and is not a rock star but you are that so Mm -hmm. it was just like it was like my, I was like, I was sweating while I was like having this <laughs> conversation. Cause I was like, I don't want to say something racist here. Like right. I want to say something that is going to help you. But also it sounds like you were aware of that from like day one. Yeah, And like I mean, he probably was too. and was just listening to me talk. But like, uh, like for you, so like you didn't grow up with that form of vernacular, right? No, like, like in my, your home at all or? No,
1: my parents, I mean... I have family in Louisiana um, and kind of just like the southern part of the country in general. And they do speak, I guess, in that way with the caveat of a thick ass southern accent. Yeah. But I mean, my parents never. I think it's it's code switching, right? Like Mm -hmm. when I'm at home with my family, Or I'm at a family event, or I'm just in a room full of black people. The way that I speak and the way that I project, and even like my inflection changes. That being said, like I don't turn into like a whole different person. (laughs) Yeah. But because that's literally just mockery. But um.
0: (laughs) yeah, at that point, like, (laughs) nope.
1: Like the girls are like, um, I'm like watermelonisha. I'm
0: like, <laughs> okay, bitch. Oh. No one named.
1: Have you heard of Ladasha? It's yeah. La Dash?
0: Dash a.
1: I'm Isn't like. F,
0: I'm like. No one's named their child Ladasha. No one has s- ever named it silly bitch. And if they did name their child Ladasha, they probably just fucking spelled it out. Yeah. I I don't know. So like, as a as a person who grew up privileged in mostly a white community, um you know, our, the only black girl who was in my class, her name was Erica, <laughs> <laughs> but she was adopted. And so like, I, I think that that was like a little bit different that she was not necessarily like grown up in black culture. Right. Both of her parents were, were white skinned or mm-hmm. her, both of the parents who raised her were white skinned, mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess I always just like, I think back to things like that now of like, what would I have learned? Like, if I knew then so like how would I have been different in college even because like even in college like I don't know I had like a diverse group of friends but right. a lot of them were still white or Hispanic mm-hmm. you know like m- like people that I was comfortable with or involved with and like I didn't know a lot of black people like and right. so like I think one of my friends said something interesting to me recently It was like I feel like as a white person like I, did, I don't know what I can and what I can't say of like I don't know what is going to be misconstrued or what is going to come off racist because like I see that the media is portraying a lot of things as racist that right. I didn't know were were racist before or that I just, just never heard it called out as over right. racism so like what are some of like the, the daily things that you experience as like uh, as racism because you you were saying before we got into our ibonics tangent of like you know, I, when I say that's not cool, I'm really heated. Yeah. Like, so what are those things in casual conversation that, that maybe don't get you heated to the point where you need to say something? But what is like the, the casual racism that people have? uh, Yeah.
1: I mean, for one thing, like anything featuring the luscious locks that flow out of my scalp, down my perfectly sculpted shoulders no one's gonna see me so i'd be like and i'm like a size two <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm posting a selfie of this bitch <laughs> <laughs> please no <laughs> but
1: you but, know but what white people stuff, love to talk about black people yeah hair. and yeah. like boogie I've, woman here <laughs> only with a mask only when she's being treated <laughs> but even like i've you know dated white guys and like I, there is one particular white guy and he really loves black women. And like, for me, I always see it as like, okay, so this is like a fetish then, right? Like a, like a token thing? Yeah. No I, no, I I really think they're like, oh, I want like, big ass, like, just like, get up, Like, it's like this, I want you to twerk on my, like, I'm not going to twerk on
0: anything. <laughs> First of all. I mean, I'm sure you've done that. I can't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> my cheeks are too firm.
0: Oh, oh, <laughs> she works out. Yeah. So, okay, but like, guys have fetishized you, right? Like in and relationships,
1: then, you know, people saying like, "Oh, wow!" Like, are you? Oh my god, this one pisses me off because my hair is not like what people would think is like super kinky. Mm. Um, they're like, "Oh, so what are you mixed with?" And I'm just like, beauty and grace, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I'm just black because there's, you can't just be, there's no ideal. There's no like single black mold.
0: Right, and that's like right. the
1: best part about being black and it's yeah. I mean I also love it when Cause people are, are like I'm
0: Irish and German <laughs> when are you black Yeah, like, just black I'm, a, I'm Italian are you black Yeah. Like, what part of
1: Africa is your family from
0: oh god well, like
1: I don't fucking know <laughs>
0: yeah. so like do do black people like look back at their lineage like that or do you just know that you're like I don't know at some point my family was probably enslaved so we have no idea where we're I from because the rest know. is still unwritten Natasha Bedingfield like is that?
1: Yeah, it's like
0: I it mean, it doesn't matter to you.
1: So yeah. my family on my mom's side is a little different. So my grandmother's half white, um, and so I know a lot about the various types of white that right. like makes yeah. up that side. But and you know, I have I think I have like a great uncle or great great uncle I don't know, but I, he was an author and he was a black man. So I think. I don't not that I don't care about what happened before we got to the ship, but my my family's history and like what makes up our culture is I literally Raven Simone said the same thing. So, like, no one drag me, please. (laughs) Don't drag me in the comments.
0: I might. (laughs) But,
1: you know, we're we're we're. We're American and we're black. We're black American, Um, whereas my, you know, crawfish boils, red beans and rice, gumbo. Like we're Louisiana South Mm -hmm. Um, and that's Mm -hmm. my history. Mm -hmm. And so like I can't claim whatever tribe or part of Africa my family's from because we've never taken that part of our culture. And kind of assimilated it into our own, just like when people are like, "I'm like an eighth Native American," <laughs> but I'm like, "Okay, so what part what of that culture? Tribe, what? Yeah, yeah, like, what do you have any type of traditions in your family that relate back to that? Or no,
0: it's just a made blood.
1: Like, it's just I'm like super different. I'm also gonna pee because oh like, I can't God. tell if it's my ass sweat." <laughs>
0: We're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back for Erica to finish talking about her... (laughs) I like having your ass out. Okay, bye.
1: First favorite subject
0: I love that you love talking about being black I also feel that a lot of, there's a lot of confusion with a lot of people because I don't want this to be an excuse but a lot of people don't feel they have the time to educate themselves around social issues <sighs> and it is a necessary thing that people need to do hmm and it is very easy to do with the power of the Internet and following people on Instagram and reading different articles, it's never been easier to be more in tune with what's going yes. on socially. However, I do recognize that people have a problem with understanding what's right, what's wrong, what can I say, what can I say. Like, what's the difference between Black Lives Matter and White Lives Matter? Like, I don't understand why we have to have a thing. And this is not an excuse, because if you think that, I don't want you to think that I'm, like, yelling at you or chastising you. But I think that... I could lecture you on why gay lives matter. Right. Um, but I don't want to be the one to lecture people on why black lives matter. And right. so I think that there's like right now we're in a pivotal moment in our history where um, the the podcast that I listen to specifically Pod Save America and the mm. things that I read um, in relation to more liberal media outlets. Full disclosure of my bias um, is that this election, this upcoming election, will determine the next like fifty years in politics, right. and it will define a lot of what we feel in terms of like social dignity. Now, I said this to like my parents when Trump got elected, how terrified I was that he would like revoke gay marriage and. My parents were like he's not going to do that. Nobody's going to do that because like it's political suicide to do that regardless of what they believe. And like while I do believe that that's true, I still believe it's important to have a person in office who is going to advocate on behalf of people who have been marginalized or are currently being marginalized um in one way or another. So I'm not asking us to talk about politics because mm-hmm. I think that people are about to click and shut this <laughs> off um, but what I'm asking is like for your some of your honest reflections on like race in America today so I'm not gonna ask you to name any employers I'm not gonna ask you to do anything to that but just share like if you could a story of that like covert racism mm-hmm. or like casual racism but then also like on the outside just like what some of your thoughts are on that because I view it as a person who is a white gay man, so pretty not marginalized, mm-hmm. um, pretty more tokenized than marginalized. Definitely. Um, and as a person who grew up in a white community, I'm sure you have felt like being the token black friend before. So like, what are some of those examples that, I, that you think would be interesting for people to hear or important, uh, more importantly, for people to hear? Um, and this isn't to change the world, it's just to change a few minds. More- <laughs> that that. trash in my house just (laughs) burped we're getting serious um so what are some of those things that you think that people need to know and like need to be mindful of before they speak
1: so my number one thing is i every single day have to do my hair just so so that it's my hair, but it doesn't look too nappy or it doesn't look too bad. I have to mind my P's and Q's wherever I go. With that in mind, I am not your fucking teacher. And if you don't want to learn about the issues that I face, even from just looking at the general news cycle, well then you're not an ally to me. And I think that goes for anyone. Like if you don't want to take the time to learn and get to know this crucial part of who I am in my identity, well, then you don't want to get to know the part, the me that's fun to go out with and you don't deserve that. So that's um, fucking powerful. Yeah. Like you don't, this is a fucking free fucking ride. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you don't, again, you have to understand the whole person.
0: I mean, it's been free before. Mm hmm. Oh. Uh, crack that drink, honey. Uh, ASMR. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to indulge you. said this is not a free ride. And I'm like, bitch, you are the 99 cent sort of free rides. You do not have to be this tall. You do not have to be this short. Oh, my hand. $20 is $20. <laughs> I've said the same thing. Oh
1: I literally God. got that from my old intern. <laughs> good. good. Not good. that I did not sleep with interns. I just <laughs> said that.
0: I, I bet interns I would sleep with. So. <laughs> I've never interned under you, Paul. Yeah. Oh, mama. See. We've never even made out. No. Let's do it right now. Just kidding.
1: Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> we can take that out.
0: Call her out. Call her out and kiss her. Um, So what you were saying is, like, if you don't take the time to get to know me and get to know my history, like, why should I be your friend? You're not an ally to me. I feel like that goes for anybody, Mm -hmm. you know? I feel like it's, like, if you don't understand where people come from, like, like, why do you deserve to be in my life? Exactly. And so as a as a black person how is that different when you say like you don't deserve to get to know me like how 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 is that different than like me being like well you don't know my family you know like that's not because it's it is different
1: it is different yeah. um i think it's i need a burp again
0: <laughs> let it out
1: it's <laughs> like a little double
0: tap this is like the movie up right now you're just like Ooh. inflating blue you know I've
1: never seen yeah. up
0: oh god wow you're just like ignorant of my white culture. <laughs> asian boy in
1: it -uh. yeah the little asian boy the chunky
0: asian boy i think he's white
1: my guy he is asian
0: his name's like doug
1: i know like five asian (laughs) doug
0: wow okay uh let's unpack that racism uh the host is guilty so okay Uh, but But, um yeah so let's so like take the time to get to know people's history. What are resources that people can, can use to learn that besides the news?
1: (laughs) I mean, honestly, if you can't find the resources to get to know, not even, you don't even have to know about the slave trade or Jim Crow or, um, even, you know, stuff that's a little bit more current. Like, I mean, you should know about things like the Trayvon Martin case and the Mike Brown because it's, It was literally everywhere for such a long period, but you should just, yeah, yeah, you should just, you shouldn't be afraid to have, to sit down and have the conversation. Like if someone says, you know, Erica, there's this situation or what if there is this hypothetical? If you ask me that question, I'm I'm not gonna say, oh, so now I'm the black opinion. I'm gonna give you my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because I don't I don't get my opinion heard very often. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm on this podcast to give my fucking opinion. Listen to <laughs> it, bitch. Turn this shit up. <laughs> you pavos without your
0: ear pods. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I can't call people Pavos. Everyone knows that the black girl is now calling people Pavos. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but um, hmm. it should be—it's so digestible in so many different ways. Even to see, um, a really great show that I recommend on Netflix, Dear White People. Oh yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's funny. There are parts where I was like bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Um, and. It kind of explores being black at a PWI.
0: Mm-hmm, um, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, What's a PWI?
1: A primarily white institution. Where? Predominantly, it's either. It's predominantly. Predominantly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, pledging Divine Nine, which are um, nine black sororities slash fraternities, um, and just kind of all the tenets of what it is to be Black in a place where you are that giant dark ass sort of
0: <laughs> where you're big Africa yeah yeah it's and yeah. and it's, I think kidding aside yeah
1: and it's funny because if someone said like you know we have movies like Black Panther where it was like I think there was an uh, a interview that one of the actors had and he was like yeah it's funny because africans always saw black people as like whatever you saw in media like nwa um you know kind of like that gangster rap whatever and then like the joke with black people is like oh they're the africans with their clicks and sticks um and so you know we have a lot that's just uniting us by the fact that we are black and we have this pigmentation um And it's okay to consume those things. Do not watch BET. I (laughs) will end you. (laughs) But um, just consuming black popular culture, especially because I think now, um, you know, blacks black black exploitation films are a thing of the past. And like, even the name, we're like, how did this go on for so long? Even the what? the name Exploitation. Oh, yeah. No. It's just like, people watch this yeah. and we've all seen Soul Plate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my God. I, I know it. <laughs> well, exactly what movie you're talking about. Because I fully watch it because I think there's a black gay character in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Flight attendant, obviously. Um, stereotypes. Yeah. Like, really? That's Blaxploitation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess like when I think about Black Panther, like, when I watched that movie, I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. Didn't love the plot. It wasn't for me, right? right. Like so, like uh, I saw myself in movies as a kid. You know, like the the flamboyant sort of like, like okay, Fantastic Four, another superhero movie, mm-hmm. The Flame. The Flame was, like, somebody I identified with. Granted, it's fucking Chris Evans. But, like, Uh, oh, God, fuck me. Uh, But, (laughs) like, so, like, granted, it's it's Chris Evans. However, I still found that I was able to relate to that character of sort of being the weird one, the Mm -hmm. odd one, the one who just lit up in flames, like, the one who was, like, sort of a hothead, the one who was misunderstood. And, like, that was a character that I related to. And, like, but then I think about even more simple shows of like watching will and grace and being like oh my god like that was so white <laughs> you, right say. but like i know but like but will and jack were both gay men and so right. it was like and and uh karen was like the okay. original gay, like gay ally for jack right and i think about that show of like these were the people that like I looked up to but were also like typecasted into like these like sort of like sassy Mm -hmm. gay roles. Will was just like a little bit more masculine than Jack because Jack was super effeminate. Right. And so like When I think about Black Panther and Black representation, you guys have also struggled from the representation of you're the sassy Black friend, you're the preacher, you're God in Bruce Almighty. You know, you're, like, these stereotypical roles of, like, wow, listen to this well-spoken Black man with a powerful voice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's me, like, misinterpreting that situation, but, like, I just view it as, like, Black people are typecasted in roles. Gay people were typecasted in roles. So movies like Black Panther and things on Netflix that are now available to show the diversity of gay people are, like, really cool for me to see. Even that you're, like, looking on HBO Mm -hmm. was, like, four gay men who are all different, who are pretty stereotypical. But at least it wasn't the stereotypical gay effeminate man that everyone associates gay people with. Like, I just want a gay best friend. So, like what does Black Panther mean to you? What does Black media mean to you? Like, what does seeing... Do you see yourself in movies like that? Do you see that as important? Or does the media just, like, tell you that you should think it's important?
1: It's interesting. So I liked Black Panther because I'm ride or die for Marvel. Um, And it was a great movie. And, I mean, it was... What I liked was that they had Killmonger, who was... Michael B. Jordan's glistening body. <laughs> and, um, you know, he he did show this idea that, like, a lot of black people, even mo- in modern times, have where, you know, well, why don't we just rise up? Like, statistically, we're the most athletic. And when you see professional sports, you see us. Um, so why don't we rise up? And it was it kind of introduces this idea that, you know, not all black people are complacent. And I'll go back to Tenehese Coates, Mm -hmm. um, where he discusses how in school we teach black people that, you know, we kind of give the glory to the martyrs and the freedom riders in the MLK who so
0: like were Luther getting King, right, like beat Rosa down, P- hosed, R- right, lynched, Frederick killed right, yeah, for yeah. the
1: sake of their cause and it's like you have to be complacent to make change and I think um, you look at like Vietnam and you have you know these like white youths who were also participating in what had any other race done it been called acts of terror so yeah, I think yeah. it kind of introduces this concept of You know, we have one extreme where this guy's like, well, let's just kill them all. And then you have this other extreme of, like, let's just make peace and stay out of it. And that's what I liked about Black Panther because we all sit on a different spectrum. Some of us are like, not necessarily kill them all, um, but some of us are like, well, why don't we start taking control? Because I'm tired of sitting back. Right. And then there's other ones who are like, well, let's just try to slowly and kindly assimilate. And I think that... At the end, in my opinion, um, King T'Challa kind of understood through Killmonger what this system does do to people, because it's not even, it's not like innate in black nature to just say, well, let's just kill them all. We're not animals, but when you treat us like animals, you imprison us like animals, um, you portray us as animals well then how are we who are we to think of ourselves as anything else so i think it kind of shows a product of a society that says you're one thing and then they say "Well, okay then i'm this thing but if i'm this thing i'm going to be every single part of this thing so you made me as this tool and the tool is going to become a weapon Mm. um and that's what i really liked about black Mm. panther also like the casting oh dumb.
0: yeah so good um, it's just amazing that you got that out of that movie right and you can see that lens i have no understanding of what that lens is right because like i just looked at it, i was like good movie good story really cool that they casted black people
1: right like but they literally not, had no choice
0: right yeah yeah like didn't understand the the depth at which you can see mm-hmm. nuances in the black race. I mean, the black race is way bigger than the than the gay community, you right? Know? Like maybe LGBTQ plus, but like I I I think overall, like black America and blacks across the world, like is much larger than the gay community. Right. So like, <clears throat> we don't always have that deep rooted. Message, I don't think, and maybe I'm sure I'll get fucking hate for saying that. <laughs> um, but like, we do have a deep rooted message, but our history is a little bit more recent, mm-hmm. um, and there's there's maybe less com- oh, less complexity. I don't think that that's okay for me to say, but I'm gonna say it because like I don't, I'm struggling around the words. Like, like the 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 nature at which you would watch a movie and how it relates to you as a gay person. I don't think that I've experienced that in any gay cinema because right. a lot of it's campy, a lot of it's fun, a lot of it's let's laugh at like or the it's problems, like or it's like the AIDS. AIDS crisis, yes. yeah. And I'm like, like that is those are stories that like resonate like with me. Of it's the reflection on like we lost a generation of mm-hmm. gay men, we had to fight for our rights just at the same time that like black people were fighting for theirs, right? A little bit after, but it's right. like we at least were able to to live and not be slaves, but um, I've been thinking about stuff like that recently because with everything going on in the media, like I've been saying to Jack, like what if we took in a child who was like um, uh, part of the immigrant detention center? Like what if we were able to foster an immigrant or a refugee child because these people have absolutely no one in their life to look out for them Mm -hmm. and are they the next generation that's the next most prevalent civil rights movement despite the fact that we still struggle with gay rights we still struggle with black rights and all people of color and their rights Mm -hmm. and racism but like these immigrants and these refugees are the ones who are probably facing it in such an extreme way right now so how can we make that child feel safe like what can we do to bring that back because we're just a society that's going to continuously perpetuate like killing the man on the bottom and just like destroying the man on the bottom. Right. And I don't know that I'm sure there are still a lot of black people that feel like they're on the bottom. There's still a lot of gay people who feel like they're on the bottom. I don't personally feel that way. Um, Cause I feel like we've come decently far and, right. but it doesn't mean that we should stop fighting, but it also means that we should be able to retroactively now or not retroactively. We should be able to actively look back and say, okay, I'm in a decent place, I can give to gay youth, I can give to gay adults, Mm -hmm. I can, but also, like, these people are dying in, like, detention centers and getting tortured in detention centers by our own fucking government, so, like, what can we do to bring in one of those children so they don't feel lost? How can we help them fight their immigration battle? Like, how can we help them attain citizenship or some form of, like, refugee status? And, like, I just feel, like, it's important for those stories to be heard. So your ability to look at black Panther and see the nuance in that Mm -hmm. is like so cool because there's so many different unique stories of race and like racial oppression in America that I think people don't even consciously like See it. See it. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm, like, Black Panther was good. I'm glad the black people saw themselves represented in their film. Right. But, like, I'm sure that that's, like, compared to some people, a progressive way of viewing at it. But, like, compared mm-hmm. to you, you're, like, well, great, I'm glad you acknowledged that the people who were obviously black were black. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like, I great, say, you, you saw that their skin was black, yeah.
1: In my opinion, like, the best way to empower anyone is through their own culture. Because it's the one thing that, like, I... It's funny because, like... For all, for the unwoke, black Twitters a thing. Uh-huh. And I think that the reason why we enjoy these like corners of the internet that are ours is we are because, like there are so many things that like you could, like, I'm a black person from San Diego. I could talk to a black person from Montana, Vermont, Philly, and we'll all have, you know, these like, like for the black listener, just the one. Me.
0: <laughs> For when you listen to your own recording. Yeah.
1: Um, like when you say, mom, I want McDonald's. And your mom says, you got some McMoney? Like, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like the <laughs> things that like, mom say. Ah! Yeah, like,
0: um, yeah.
1: It's just kind of like those like small things and like just the small parts of black culture that like we've all experienced to some extent. And I think when you empower people and encourage people through that, I think that's how you get them to where they need to be. Because when I will say, when you take a child who's an immigrant from a detention center and you bring them into a white home, well, then they don't know their Chicano culture or, um, you know, are you really celebrating, you know, Dios de los muertos in Mm -hmm. a way that's, you know, Relevant to back home yeah. and not just like a, mm, we tried. Here, here, Here's a sugar put on, skull. Put on this <laughs> put, put on this mask. Yeah.
0: Here's
1: some tamales that we got from the from the farmer's market.
0: <laughs> That's like on, on Martin Luther King Day like me giving you a handshake or something. <laughs> like, oh, no. I think yeah I think I think like to to begin to wrap this topic up I mean To your point, it's so easy to get educated about it. Like, I had somebody who reached out to me about gay history that apologized that they didn't know all that much about it mm-hmm. and they were like I just started learning about like Stonewall and throwing the bricks and like fighting against the police and you know the AIDS crisis like I had no idea this was going on I was like well one the newspapers and medias and, and the me- newspaper media and government members were like not friendly to gay people at that <gasps> I'm time I'm going to
1: slide this in
0: um hit it Paris American is American
1: crime oh, okay um, the Gianni, Gianni Versace case. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't have you seen it?
0: I have started it. I have so,
1: in the thing but, about American, but, crime...
0: but Darren, Chris, Ooh. if you listen to this, you can dump your <laughs> wife,
1: marry me, and marry me. You can marry us <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> one, two, three, Brittany. Yeah, like...
1: <laughs> but, um, you know, what I like about the American crime series is the reason why it's called. American crime, and not just the death of Gianni Versace. Like they mm-hmm. keep that American crime part, is because they focus on how it was the society at large who caused this. Right. Because they could have caught. I mean, I'm not going to spoil it, but um, even with the O.J. Simpson, the O.J. the other the season one yeah. was O.J. Simpson, right? So yeah. had the had America been a different country socially the outcome would have been vastly different. And I think that's why it's called an American crime. Because everyone who, from top to bottom, we let this happen. America let this happen. Because mm-hmm. this country is like, kind of trash. Yeah, And that's not to say that like, I we hate being an American. No, like, we it's have great, great, hearts, great hearts, but yeah. But I also think that if you love something, you also acknowledge it's faults. And we have a lot of faults. And you can't, Fix something if you don't know it exists. hundred um, percent, and I think that's
0: why that's a really great series. And I would agree. I think another great series is Pose, like oh on god. FX. I <gasps> fucking live for Did Pose. Did you?
1: Oh my god, I've cried so many times.
0: I haven't started season two, but Ooh. so um, but Pose Prepare. is kind of like a tribute to the documentary series, which is on Netflix. Um, Paris is burning, and Paris mm. is is burning is another series that actually blends the black trans and gay culture at Mm -hmm. the time and straight culture actually um, um, into like the ball scene in New York. So people would dress up as men and they would look really rigid and they would put on a suit. And that was the man, the black man pretending that he could pass as like a working man, as a professional man, as not a ghetto man. And then there's women who dress a certain way to pass a certain way. Um, And it's all about like the escape from reality and pretending that they were something that they were not to fit more into society and i feel like paris is burning and then watching pose is mm-hmm. just like a a perfect combination of learning so much about like the black lgbt and regular uh L- and non-black lgbt culture uh, regular black the yeah like regular right, black. Reg- the regular black yeah um i think that's like natural like we're going to fucking like slip up while we're talking about this and acknowledge it. And like, I feel like those things are really important for people to watch. Another one was like a, a movie, I think it's on Netflix. It was like Hidden Numbers or something like yes. that. That was like about the, the black women who helped to solve, um, I forget what crisis it was. Like, but it was, <laughs> it was like, Hidden uh, Figures. That's what it hidden was. Hidden Figures. <laughs> oh yeah, hidden, but it had to do with numbers. Yeah. But Hidden Figures yeah. and like things like um, fucking the oh, fuck i can't remember what it was um, wasn't it
1: it was space it was nasa it was nasa hidden figures NASA. was nasa
0: but then um there was like another one um that was about um i'm going to cut this part out but
1: <clears throat> as
0: we google yeah i know i just like find I find that there's like so so much media out there for people to be educated about, mm-hmm. but people will watch what's popular in pop culture at the time. Right. And so like you and your experience, this podcast could be a really good starting and jumping off point <laughs> for a lot of people. You're welcome, white people. Oh, dear white people. Dear white people. But you've opened up my eyes, you know, and I know that we say white, but really like like white it's anyone it, it's it's anyone who is unaware white people are just often I think the scapegoat in situations like these because they tend to overwhelmingly be the ones that are less educated mm-hmm. about it but I, I think that there's so much media out there that are really important for you to educate yourself on so that you can come from a place of compassion like even myself like part of me trying to come from compassion to the next black person I meet is in, is taking this conversation that you and I just had um, uh, because my interactions with black people have been limited since high school mm-hmm. um, not by choice just by circumstance um, and I feel that you know what I've tried to bring is like okay well maybe I can like bring a little bit of education but I don't want to speak for black people so maybe I can like bring a little bit of gay me into things and then have people be more aware of gay issues it's like All that we can do to tell the stories just so that people, I think, are more aware of the difference in people around them. And it's not like I'm trying to make everyone be gay or make everyone understand everything about black people. It's Mm -hmm. just be mindful of the culture that you experience.
1: And just like, I don't know, fucking listen.
0: Fucking listen. Open your ears.
1: Open. What is it? True to your heart, you must be true to your heart. Okay,
0: she's singing Phil Collins, so we're going to wrap this. That's when hands are (laughs) apart. That was, like, pretty white of you. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) off. So I think that this has been another really good educational episode of Let's Unpack That, and not where we intended to go. No. Uh, I think we ate a shit ton of food. Um, I we didn't stop. talked about no, no <laughs> I, I stopped for a little, but I've just been drinking. Um, I'm now on beer number four, so uh, catch up.
1: Am I really? No, this is my fourth.
0: It is your fourth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. don't okay. at me. Fuck my ass. Okay. Uh <laughs> and a, and a, and a, uh excuse me. So we're gonna wrap this now. Um but thank you everyone for listening. Uh thank you to all of those who participated in the listener challenge this past week. Um we okay. are super grateful. Oh, that cut out. Okay. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Um, this has been another episode of Let's Unpack That. I hope that you found this inspiring and entertaining and engaging. So I would encourage you, please, to rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes and Spotify and everything that you need to do because. <laughs> I'm tr- I'm- that was okay. That, that wasn't was, even Walmart Lizzo. That was just like
1: That was Mariah Carey in twenty sixty.
0: <laughs> so
1: make my wish come true.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, seriously, you can email us with feedback or topic ideas, or if you want to be a host, um at let's unpack that pod at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Instagram at let's unpack that underscore podcast. Um Erica, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Anytime.
0: I can't wait to talk about uh your blackness in another episode. Um and touch your hair. I'm black? <gasps> I thought you were African American. <laughs> I'm just that bitch. And uh, she's just that bitch and you can follow her in her professional accounts, all three of them. Where?
1: Um booty meat. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't even remember. Gigolo45, uh,
0: <laughs> Curl Meets World. Which, Curls. Curls Meets World. Meet World. I actually don't remember it. Oh my God. Okay, she doesn't travel enough to have a um, travel account, but you can follow it anyway. It's actually
1: super inactive. Let's just go to <laughs> Foodie on Point. Foodie on Point.
0: Uh. <laughs> that was great. I was, <laughs> was, was keeping leaving that in. I, I was going to say words. <laughs> You couldn't. The burp was just too powerful. <laughs> said,
1: oh, I'm coming out.
0: <laughs> I, I want, want the, the world, world to know you Gotta let it go. go. show. <laughs> I Mommy, mean, you sound like the cookie. <laughs> But seriously, um, Erica, you can follow her at Erica underscore Megan, Foodie on Point, or Curls Meet World. And because she is what? Nappy and sickening. She
1: and Nappy had a bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, please rate and subscribe. Download. Tell your friends. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.